0: You're listening to the Let's Talk Strata podcast hosted by Mark Mercier. Whether you're a tenant, lot owner, caretaker or industry professional, this podcast is for anyone connected with
1: a body corporate or strata title. Tune in every fortnight to hear thought-provoking discussions with industry leaders and experts on topics both practical and technical
0: that will spark your interest.
1: Welcome again to the Let's Talk Strata podcast a podcast dedicated to bringing you cutting-edge views from pinnacle industry experts on all things strata in Queensland. Today, our special guest is Professor Michael Weir. Professor Michael Weir is a lecturer at Bond University. He lectures in law. Uh, just a little bit about Michael. Professor Weir entered academia with a Faculty of Law at Bond University after a broad experience as a solicitor in private legal practice in commercial and property law including strata title. In his academic career, Professor Weir has published extensively on land law, planning law and medicine and the law. Professor Weir is co-author of the textbook Real Property Law in Queensland. Now, Michael has been lecturing in land law for over 28 years, some of which has included lectures in negotiation skills in relation to strata title. Michael has also a predominant academic uh, career as a writer, researcher and has recently published an article of great interest uh, to listeners on Strata Law in the Australian Property Law Journal entitled Strata Title, Dispute Resolution and Law Reform in Queensland. Michael's career also includes substantial experience as a company director and also as a university manager consisting of terms as Deputy Dean, and Associate Dean for the Faculty of Law at Bond University. Welcome, Michael. It's a great pleasure to chat with you in this podcast today. Good morning, Mark. Nice to be here. How did you find yourself in uh, Strata law?
0: Well, I was recently uh, going to the uh, Property Law Teachers Conference in right. Perth, and I wanted to look at areas of law reform, and I looked at the uh, QT commercial and Property Law Research Centre, who are currently undertaking a review of property law in Queensland. Right. And that, of course, includes the Property Law Act, but also the body, corp- uh, body corporate and community management legislation, yes, uh, which is also being reviewed in, in great depth. And so I thought, well, I could do some law reform on the property law area, uh, Pro- property law act area, or the strata title. Uh, I decided to, to limit it in, in regard to body corporate law. And uh, that's, there's more than enough in the area to actually uh, come up with some very interesting concepts and to understand what the process is towards the uh, law reform and where mm. we're likely to go in the years to come.
1: Right. And it's certainly an interesting and developing area, one with uh, a lot of... It's an area of flux, isn't it, uh, at Absolutely. this point in yes, time? that's right. And uh, you can see that from the law reform documentation, which
0: has just basically been handed over to the uh, the government for them to, them to consider in terms of recommendations. Mm. So and this is a very, very important area because increasingly people are using strata title for accommodation and also for commercial uses as well. Mm. And uh, that's going to become a more significant... Mm basis for people to get accommodation in the years to come, as the statistics indicate.
1: Yeah. Now, you talked about law reform in in strata law. Um, What are some of the things you're seeing in terms of the big ticket items? Right, well, there are lots of uh, of detail.
0: There's lots of uh, small matters which people are annoyed about in terms of strata title, so they're dealing with things like uh, the ability uh, to uh, obtain documentation and uh, meeting notices um, uh, through emails rather than yeah. hard copy, which would reduce costs, I imagine, for the body corporates, which is an important issue. Mm. Uh, there's all sorts of uh, issues about things like termination of strata title, mm. as well as uh, unit entitlements, which has been a, a, a very difficult area in recent years, certainly in Queensland in terms of how that works.
1: And you know, I'm thinking of the 2014 reforms and then it reverted back. And Yes. Yeah. Uh, lots of people were very concerned about how
0: that worked over that period of time, yeah. and I think this the new uh, suggested recommendations might assist greatly, although whenever you change the law, there's always things that come out of the actual practice of the law which are unexpected, yeah. and that leads to other amendments, but we'll see how we go with this, this uh, legislation uh, if it comes to fruition, and of course it's still with the government. And uh, it may be some time for it comes com- comes mm. through, but I imagine there will be considerable changes coming from this uh, from this
1: review. And you talked about access to records and and even things like um, using technology to deliver important notices and things like yes. that. How do you see technology playing a role in the law reform aspect? Because Legislation's always following technology, isn't it? Yes. Well, things have improved since my early days as a, as a student.
0: It was all done in uh, hard copy statutes, which were had to be uh, updated by yourself. Mm. Nowadays, of course, it's all uh, statutes up to date and online. And I think, in terms of, it's inevitable the way the world is going, and strata title and housing will go the way of dealing with more and more uh, technology and more, more use of online provisions. Yeah, I think yeah. that will assist in terms of uh, cutting down the cost. However, uh, there's lots of advantages in having person-to-person meetings, I yeah. think. But uh, based upon the, the structure of how, who owns and who lives in strata titles, I think there'll be a, a move to increase uh, use of online voting online meetings etc and that's sort of part of what they're talking about with this review. It's
1: a fairly diverse market and we're also seeing a new generation of, of unit owners coming through that are very adept but then there's the older target market there that uh, may not be as aware of, of the technological systems and processes or how to mm-hmm. use them. One in particular I think is the, the notice of AGM or notice of general meeting that has to be given to owners either mm. in person or, or by post mm. and they tend to be very significant uh, you know documents yes. uh, you know 100 yes. pages is very often uh, the case yes, yes. Um, how, how do you see the actual legislation actually trying to work that uh, that system there
0: well the recommendations are talking about asking lot owners to come up with their email address mm. and so they can they can give documentation uh, on email but they don't have to do it that way. Mm. There's usually acknowledgement that not everybody is uh, email savvy, mm. and so they can still uh, require lodgement of paper documentation. I think that will continue for some time,
1: mm.
0: bearing in mind that uh, some people are still just not there in terms of the te- don't don't have computers. For example, that would be impossible yeah. for some virtually or difficult. To actually, so I think they're still looking at
1: that as an important consideration. And there's the other side of the coin as well with body corporate managers um, and their systems uh, and whether they can actually adapt to technology as well. Absolutely, uh, most body corporate manager,
0: I think, especially the large one, would be very much focused on that for economic reasons. Yeah, but perhaps some of the smaller body corporate managers may not be so so focused on
1: the. No, online material, but I think most would be focused on that. Yeah. And then there's new concepts as well arising, uh, things like Airbnb and uh, you know the smoking laws that are impacting uh, unit owners and restricting that kind of activity. Some might say a freedom's being taken away. Well, uh, property rights is a very
0: important aspect of the review and it's a difficult uh, balancing process. Yeah. You've got people, uh, they have an interest in a strata title unit that's a property interest, a very significant one. But the reality of lots of people in the same place from different backgrounds, different outlooks some are investors, some are owner who, owners who are living on the premises mm. it creates difficulties in terms of balancing property rights. You could just say, well, property rights win in all cases. But for example, in, in relation to termination of strata funds, uh, there is an acknowledgement that there has to be some ability for economic reasons, for planning reasons, to say sometimes a strata plan has got to the stage where it needs to be renewed or redeveloped and there is a movement towards saying we need to perhaps give the opportunity for less than 100, without requiring a resolution about dissent that there is some ability to say if you've got a substantial number of people, or most of the strata total owners want to terminate the scheme. It can be done acknowledging the ability of those who don't agree to seek uh, access to uh, legal consideration
1: by a court. I guess compensation is a big thing and and also um, determining exactly what significant number Yes. Uh, is sufficient uh, yes. because um, resolution without dissent is, is very difficult to achieve when there's yes. a contentious issue of yes. termination of a scheme. Some yes. people will say, OK, this is my home. It's not just that's a right. rental. That's right. Uh, and
0: plus also they may get compensation, but that may not give them sufficient funds to stay in that area. That's or right. Or to buy in the uh, unit that is uh, redeveloped. On the, on the site or nearby, so they have to move. That's it, that's a difficult issue for many
1: people. Exactly, and, yeah. and I'm thinking particularly the Gold Coast area and uh, coastal yes. regions where those property values are significant but they may have owned for the last 30 years and uh, the property yes. needs to be redeveloped.
0: And, of course, uh, a lot of those developments were built 40, 50 years ago or 30, 40, 50 years mm. ago. Now they're getting close to the end of their life, so the, the option is to pull them down, or to make major uh, revisions or renovations of those developments. And that's very expensive, of course. And for some people, especially if they're uh, at the end of their life, they might say, well, it's nothing for me. There's nothing in this for me. I'm saying no.
1: Hmm. That's a difficult issue. Yeah. It is very difficult yeah. and uh, it affects um, you know, people's livelihood when you're, when you're thinking about uh, you know, having to move to a, an affordable area. Yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, these are issues that uh, are going to be difficult to juggle in the mm. legislation from a, from a yes. purely legislative perspective to manage those rights. Mm. So, uh, Michael, where do you see the most significant law reforms heading in terms of any changes to the BCCM Act?
0: Uh, well, I think the uh, unit entitlement issue, as which we mentioned before, that's yeah. um, the, the, the issue is obviously an economic one, which people are always very concerned about is the cost mm. of, of being an owner mm. of of a, of a lot. Uh, as we mentioned before, over the last few years, there's been a lot of uh, concern about a view that some people had that they would be unf- unfairly obliged to pay for other people's... Uh, I guess
1: there's the issue about levies. It all comes levies, down to levies, levies, levies yes, isn't of course, it? Because, yes, yeah. because you might have a penthouse owner That's who right. pays X amount of dollars every quarter. That's right. And then you get a redistribution of the lot entitlements. Yes. Uh, uh, you might have one professional saying this is the lot entitlement spread that yes. uh, should occur in the building and you might have a differing opinion with another expert. That's right, that's right. Um, That issue is not very different to what's happened in the past, but uh, in terms of managing what's fair, that's a challenge, isn't it? Absolutely, because there's some uh, costs of a
0: strata title development which are the same across whether it's a large or small unit, whether it's a penthouse or a one-bedroom mm. unit. Uh, for example... Things like uh, maintenance in some areas, uh, cleaning in the common areas, that probably doesn't really matter in terms of the cost to individual lots. But, for example, issues like insurance. So why should a person, a one-bedroom person, pay the same cost for insuring the development than someone in a penthouse? Because they have a much more larger stake in that Mm. process. And there's sometimes particular parts of the development may uh, cause a, a cost. To the body corporate, but everybody's paying it. Mm. So there, there is a provision in, in the recommendations that they have three categories. they actually recommending that they delete the contribution schedule and they come up with uh, three categories. One where a category one, basically where it doesn't matter whether you have a large unit or expensive unit and a, a smaller unit, basically it's something which they, it doesn't really matter. So that'll be a category one, which would be based upon the intra-schedule lot entitlement mm. and then so there's more importance so access or access uh, focus on the intra-schedule lot entitlement mm. and then there's category two where there would be uh, acknowledgement of the proportion based upon the intra-schedule lot entitlement which would be things which are impacted upon by the size or the value of an unit for example insurance And then there's a third category, which is where you might have a particular group. Say, for example, a classic case would be where some of the penthouses, if they are penthouses, have access to a a lift. In that case, they should uh, pay equally amongst themselves uh, or based upon the interest schedule or entitlement. So Mm. it's, it's more nuanced, the recommendations. I think it'll be more acceptable to people, and I think it, they need to do something different because
1: what was happening before wasn't wasn't considered satisfactory and it was complex Mm. do you see perhaps a formula of uh, that whole calculation of lot entitlements i know quantity surveyors will apply different tables and formulas to that Mm. but uh, and it's not uncommon in other pieces of legislation for that concept to come into the to the legislation, but uh, do you see that maybe as a, as a possible uh, approach to working out the differences there between different types and categories of lots?
0: Uh, yes, that's possible, yeah. Mm. I'd imagine that will that will develop over time. Mm. Uh, it's always difficult. Every strata development is different, although they have a basic, basic structure, but they're all different. Mm. I imagine over time uh, it, it will become easier as expertise develops Drawing upon other uh, jurisdictions to actually say, well, in this circumstance, I think this is reasonable. Uh, they're looking at uh, also market value, etc. Quantity surveyors working out what the cost of various things are. Yeah, I think in time it'll it'll develop and settle down over a number of years. Mm. And of course, the the current schemes have about three years to transition to this new arrangement. So it's not going to happen over overnight. Right. Uh, they'll have. Uh, three years uh, before they actually end up uh, moving to the, uh, the new arrangement if, if that in fact becomes law of course. Mm.
1: And of course it all comes down to uh, the Commissioner's role in all of this as well yes. because they need to, well the Commissioner needs to make decisions that are just and equitable and yes. how, how do you see that role playing in terms of the reforms coming up? Well,
0: one of the things uh, the current uh, Commissioner of uh, Body corporate and Community Management has a very important role Uh, Firstly, they have an important role in education. And in fact, one of the recommendations is towards increasing the educational understanding and and knowledge by committee members of the body corporate. That's very important. Very important is their role in providing information, advice, etc. I think in many occasions, some of the disputes that arise can be dealt with in that way. I think a lot of people in most disputes will say, all right, I'm in the wrong here, or I have an argument, or, well, let's just work it out. Mm. Uh, then, of course, the process involves firstly, if you want to go for a dispute resolution process with the uh, through the commissioner, you need to demonstrate you've had some self-resolution, uh, and that's important because, uh, bearing in mind people are living next to each other in many occasions, not always, mm. uh, there's a strong incentive to resolve it between you, and then you can move to the uh, departmental conciliation and uh, mm. negotiation processes, which. Are important in in terms of that. So I think education is important. One of the things which I talk about in my article is the way in which people deal with their property interests is to some extent uh, based upon their level of knowledge. If they understand what they're getting into, if they understand what their rights and obligations are. That will assist in uh, dealing with. Uh, disputes which relate beyond their particular property. Mm. So I think education is very important. And I think the Commission does a pretty good job and they they have lots of uh, context and lots of disputes to deal with and I imagine they're getting rather good at it over the years and this will become more and more important and education is very important. in that.
1: And look, it's a challenging area. Strata law is yes. complex and yes. uh, even the law reforms now are grappling with, you know, Uh, public issues really uh, um, what do you think are the challenges to self-resolution because some things don't quite neatly fit within the realm of uh, the body corporate law Um, what do you see as the challenges to self-resolving those matters
0: well it's it's an acknowledgement well there's some sort of theoretical things I discussed in my article about uh, we need to have an approach towards property now we we tend to have a a view that uh, my house is my castle mm. and that you can't touch anything and it's it's my castle, you can't get in my way in any sense. And that does work more correctly, although that's, that's actually an incorrect statement going back many, many hundreds of years because every person who owns a piece of land in, in Australia, basically in most uh, common law areas, uh, have obligations uh, and uh, they have to uh, avoid... Causing problems for neighbours, but all sorts of obligations for financial contribution in terms of uh, uh, rates, sometimes land tax, uh, planning requirements, environmental requirements. So th- you, you're not uh, in charge of your parcel of land entirely. You're also, you're subject to mineral rights that may apply, or even petroleum rights under your under your land.
1: There's so many interventions that Lots of uh, interventions. you're subject to, right, in yeah. particular with strata law, it's the yes. access and yes. all those other uh, issues that uh, the body corporate can actually uh, intervene in, uh, in your maintenance responsibilities and it's, all of that. It's, it's a,
0: you go from a standard parcel to a strata title, especially one which involves a building, and uh, suddenly it's very different. You actually often have uh, joint uh, boundaries based upon the building, people are very close to you uh, physically. Uh, There's clearly the ability to cause smells, noise, uh, to have an impact upon other people around them. And that probably raises the need to consider not only your your, uh, rights as a property lawyer, but also your obligations. Mm. So what is important in terms of ordinary parcel of land is made even more important in the context of a strata title, uh, building style development, because suddenly what you do in your life can impact upon other people. And so theoretically, and there were some, there's some American theorists like uh, Carol Rose and uh, Singer, who talk about the fact that don't think just about your your rights, but also about your obligation to others, Mm -hmm. others around you. And one of the things which they talk about is property rights require other people to agree that you have property rights because otherwise we'd have to be watching everything we have, all the houses, all the properties, all the personal property you have because some, some people can come along and just take them away. Of course, sometimes they do. Mm. But it's important to understand the need to consider your obligations and that's
1: underlined in the context of strata type. And I guess property rights and obligations are... A bit of a sliding scale, depending on the type of scheme that you're in, yes, and uh, yes. you know the, the the configuration of your lot. Yes. Uh, you know how how much noise is too much noise. How much uh, um, are you impliedly accepting? Uh, it's like being on a bus and accepting yes. uh, being yes. bumped into it, which that's is right. a, an assault essentially. Uh, yes, but you're yes. impliedly accepting it. Uh, yes, that's same right. Same in yeah. the strata titling. Yes, it's fascinating. So, in terms of um, the ability to deliver equitable outcomes uh, in those situations, where do you see the challenges there in terms of reform? Because it's always a challenge uh, uh, for the Commissioner to make those kinds of decisions in some cases, yes. and I suspect um, the self-resolution uh, does mm. dispense with a lot of yes. those difficult matters. Uh, where do you see the challenges? Uh, well, obviously protecting property rights and also the
0: entitlements of other people. Um, One of the problems with Strata Title is you've got lots of uh, moving parts, you've got lot owners, and you've got tenants. So you've got absent owners, you've got uh, body corporate managers, you've got uh, letting agents, you've got uh, uh, people that come onto the the, the property to deal with pools and maintenance, etc. So all sorts of moving parts. Uh, I think uh, this is something that can be dealt with to some extent with bylaws, Uh, There's lots of problems with people parking in the wrong place, uh, making noise, smells, etc. One of the things that um, is recommended is the potential for fines for lot owners and uh, occupiers. And interestingly enough, they're talking about the lot owner being obliged to pay the fines of the occupier, Mm -hmm. although the lot owner can then seek to recover that from from the tenant. Mm. Um, in terms of so that gives a bit of a stick to the body corporate in some cases. Mm. So it, in terms of uh, the proper outcomes, equitable outcomes, it's a matter of giving people uh, proper documentation to consider what's what the issue is, uh, to consider it, have a right to seek conciliation and dispute resolution, uh, either by people within the department uh, who've got expertise in the area or external parties if that's uh, appropriate. And of course, then you have the uh, beyond that in terms of tribunals etc but uh, I think I don't think you do much better than have clear bylaws which are created by the strata title or they may be imposed by the legislation which is properly considered and passed by the body corporate the ability to actually enforce those bylaws which in some cases is part of the problem that people are ignoring their obligations to others And then proper information and an ability to have their uh, ideas and views heard. And then ultimately for a dispute resolution process or even adjudication where someone says, right, I've considered the provisions, I've considered the law, this is my decision, which can be enforced.
1: Hmm. Of course, there's uh, a set of standard bylaws in the Body, Corporate and Community Management Act. Do you think they go far enough? And if not, do you think that there's perhaps a broadening of those uh, in any law reform moving forwards. Yes, well, well, the
0: standard uh, bylaws are useful, but there wouldn't be a lot of strata titles who wouldn't vary them. Probably very small uh, schemes may have not much other than the the standard bylaws. But I imagine anything substantial, virtually all have their own set of bylaws. And there's talk about uh, controlling uh, smoking, uh, smells... Uh, also, parking, to be able to enforce parking and potentially in some cases to tow away. Mm. If there's a properly drafted bylaw, uh, if there's a properly drafted uh, bylaw in relation to fines, that can deal with that particular issue. But the difficulty will always be the actual action of taking action against someone and then perhaps the requirement mm. to actually recover that from mm. the wrongdoer which is always difficult. Yeah, yes.
1: exactly and, yeah. and then you've got the issue of uh, discriminating between different uh, types of uh, owners or yes. occupiers yes. there. Yes, that's right. Uh, and, and then also overstepping the mark in terms of uh, um, other rights and uh, you know things like economic loss that comes into it when you're towing and and yes. all those different complexities yes. that um, that's right. the current legislation doesn't yes. really address. It's rather vague uh, the common law is quite vague on that sort yes. of thing
0: so I think that Needs to be a bit more clarity on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you see a lot more common law precepts, a lot of common law uh, concepts actually starting to feed into uh, the legislation perhaps? Not in some ways. There's there's probably going
0: to be a a greater emphasis upon property rights because if you're starting to take action against people, property rights will become more and more front and centre because Mm -hmm. if you're dealing with a person and impact upon their property rights, for example, with termination, for example. Or of a of a scheme, you're going to have to consider common law property rights, which is a significant issue. If you're talking about towing or or fining, then that's obviously where common law issues will become more relevant in the future.
1: And towing is a very uh, difficult one because, as you know, parking and you know you're not always dealing with lot owners. You might be dealing with uh, someone external, and yes, uh, it can be difficult to actually ascertain even ownership of a vehicle. That's right. Yes. So in terms of that kind of dispute resolution, do you see perhaps a greater specificity of those types of issues being dealt with in the legislation rather than dealing with them as broad nuisance issues perhaps or breach of bylaw issues?
0: Uh, it's quite possible. We'll see how the legislation works when, when it's brought down, but that's, that's certainly possible because uh, one aspect of the disputes in Australia is they are very specific issues dealing with specific people and particular events at a particular time mm. or over over a particular time. So that's specificity will be an issue, I
1: think. Now, in terms of purchases, uh, yes. there's a varying degree of uh, skill, expertise and knowledge about uh, purchasing strata, yes. titling uh, yeah. properties. Where do you see the challenges there um, in terms of the prospective purchaser who may yes. not have that much experience? Yes.
0: Uh, in terms of buying off the plan, so to speak, is always a bit of a, a difficult mm. issue uh, in terms of the, the buyer because you're buying a statement about what it will be like. And, of course, there are many, case, many cases about the fact that uh, sometimes the units don't come up to what the, the purchaser thinks it should be mm. based upon what they are told. But that's, that's obviously one issue. So there's a, an element of risk involved in that. And it doesn't do you much good to say, oh, well, we can go to court over it. No one wants to go to court. No, it's
1: so expensive, that, isn't yes, it, Yes,
0: you need to ask yourself, uh, are you, you have to ask yourself about the developer uh, potential economic uh, changes uh, to make sure you're prepared to take that you know, somewhat of a risk in terms of buying off the plant. Uh, in terms of uh, a purchaser, I would say you need to carefully consider and do some homework about what you're actually buying. Uh, you're not buying a parcel of land in the in the suburbs with the, with although some depending on the nature of the, the strata title especially with building strata titles you're buying you're not buying a, a parcel of land uh, which is defined by boundaries and basically you can work within those boundaries you've got a, a building where the boundaries are defined by the walls floors and ceilings and you inevitably are in close contact with others. In addition to that, you are to some extent reliant upon your other lot owners in terms of financial obligations because mm. the levies uh, rely upon all the other lot owners providing the funding which the body corporate says they need to, to uh, provide. You've got interactions with body corporate managers, letting agents sometimes, you've got all sorts of uh, connections with the body corporate. And the committee of the body corporate, in some cases, and you may be obliged or you'll be pressured to become part of the committee, Mm -hmm. and they're quite significant legal obligations. That will involve time, dealing with other people who have social and economic and cultural differences from yourself. So it's it's a different sort of mm-hmm. development or different sort of property right as against the standard uh, uh, real property you might buy with a
1: house. And there's competing interests, isn't there? Yes. There's the investor owner who has a purely commercial interest in many cases. That's right. Yes. Then you've got the owner occupier who, you know, probably wants to make it their home and has, you know, interests to beautify the property, which brings up issues about it proper approvals. Yes. So what are the types of things that a purchaser might want to think about when actually committing to buy into strata? You've talked about you know, obligations. What else would you say to a purchaser?
0: Think about whether the unit development is primarily owners living in the, in the units or if it's mainly rented out. Mm. That's an impact you need to consider. Uh, you need to consider also the structure of the building. And there is actually discussion in the uh, recommendations in terms of the first AGM that uh, they recommend that, which is the, the first uh, general meeting of the body corporate shortly after the development commences, usually when the developer owns uh, most, if not all, of the of the lots, that uh, there should be an ability for lot owners to actually add, if on the roll, to actually put forward resolutions to the first annual general meeting and also if you can have a a resolution on building defects to make sure that uh, if there are any defects you want to know about it early Mm. because it's not much good if you find out about five years later
1: it's much earlier to deal with it early in terms of the developer and the builder etc well absolutely i mean building defects affects they're big ticket items they're very costly often and yes uh you hear about matters concerning uh you know leaks Internally and yes, uh, that's right. Uh, you know, it can be a simple thing that uh, maybe the developer hasn't uh, properly waterproofed garden beds and uh, exactly. it affects the, the whole oh, infrastructure. Right. Yes, that would do, yeah. yes. Mm. Of course, it's it's much easier to do that earlier than later.
0: Mm. Uh, there's also a, a recommendation about uh, providing the development approval so that the body corporate has the d- development approval. I've actually seen a legal practice where years later, the council comes along and says, "Well, you didn't satisfy this fairly substantial condition." Mm. And it's years later, and suddenly, who's going to pay for it then? It's very yeah. difficult to go back ten years and say, "Well, you've got it." Well, you could ask them, but uh, it's difficult uh, ten years later. And you need to establish that all the conditions of that profession of that development application have been satisfied,
1: and that and often touches on. Um, matters of bylaws as well doesn't it because development approvals will often indicate you have to have certain bylaws there and obviously council then looks at that to make sure it's complied but uh, things can slip through the cracks can't
0: they that's right yes i agree one of the problems i think in terms of lawyers is sometimes that the focus is upon getting the purchaser on the title so they get their registration and not normally a conveyance doesn't really talk about those broader issues, about the building, uh, is the building structurally secure all these things like the development application, have they satisfied, all those things it's something which most conveyances don't look at mm. and of course it's going to cost to, to go further than that of course, but uh, that's something one needs to consider and
1: especially at least at, after, so if there are any problems it's resolved as early as possible yeah. So ideally you'd want uh as part of the body corporate record. And, and obviously the developer would need to hand over documentation, but yes. I mean, it doesn't always happen in practice. So, well, yeah.
0: The, the, the recommendation is that they, they do hand over a long list of documents yeah. like uh, proposed or forecast budget for the levies. They want to have the fire planning, uh, fire protection planning, all sorts of documents are are going to be suggested expressly under the the new arrangements for uh, the first annual general
1: meeting. Yeah, yeah. and things like, uh, um, you know, even addressing defects by having the, you know, a structural report. uh, Yes. uh, Maybe even having, uh, as you say, the development approval and make sure that that's accessible to, you know, prospective purchasers. Of course, the challenge is, does everyone do a proper search of the records before buying? Well, that's absolutely essential. <laughs> it's like it's fundamental. Especially if
0: the the, the stratotel has been around for a while, uh, you need to check the the minutes to see if there's some obvious problems, and uh, that's absolutely essential. You might find that there is a problem, a fundamental problem with the building, or fundamental problem with the the running of the body corporate. Maybe they haven't been holding the required uh, uh, sinking fund, etc., sort of thing. And mm. uh, that's absolutely essential and uh, it takes a bit of time t- depending on the, the age of the development to check to make sure you're not buying into a problematic scheme and mm. uh, often the most disputes come from a, a small number of, of developments. So sometimes things just go bad not only mm. for personality but for also structural reasons uh, all sorts of reasons why a, a scheme may be problematic and you've got to go in, into a development with your eyes open so that you can Decide whether that's something you can deal with, or it's a problematic development, and you want to make decision to uh, whether you continue if you're able to under the contract. And that's something that's absolutely essential. It's part of the the normal requirement you should do in terms of purchasing the unit.
1: Of course, um, um, living in a straddle t- strata title building, you're buying into a community as well, aren't you? Absolutely. And and
0: that's obviously an important aspect of dispute resolution or avoiding disputes. I know uh, Gary Bugton talks about, who's written a lot in this area, when you're developing a strata title for a developer, uh, moving to assist with community, a community feel will assist in avoiding disputes between parties. That would increase the focus upon your obligations, not only just your rights. So you'll say, hopefully to yourself, uh, I'm, I'm living in a community. That means I will look after other people's interests, as far as possible, rather than looking at only my interests. Mm. Uh, That's more difficult when you've got a lot of um, absent owners, but uh, that could also affect uh, tenants as well. Mm. So in terms of, of course, even the structural way in which a development is is created has an impact. So if you've got structural problems in terms of the ability to incorporate, uh, for example, air conditioning, or to give uh, access to a community area for people to be together for periods, that all impacts upon the long-term community feel which might be established. Mm -hmm. And I think Gary Bugton talked about having a a community plan in terms of how the strata title will uh, develop and work over time.
1: You certainly see that with the larger developers. How do you see that regime being implemented in respect of the small to medium developers?
0: Uh, that's more difficult, especially our know, very small ones. Um, I suppose with the small ones, I think the sense of community might be easier to find because you, it's not as if you're in a, in a development with you know, 200 people, you're in the development with 6 or 10 or 20 people. You might have the opportunity then to uh, connect with those people and to know them and hopefully uh, uh, find a common ground. Uh, I suppose in that context, uh, use of uh, gardens, the way in which the body corporate works in terms of Uh, bringing other people involved uh, into the development, Uh, good communication between people and good bylaws Mm. and good governance. That's all very important.
1: Yeah. And in terms of um, setting up provision for um, uh, approvals in the future, Uh, things like you spoke about air conditioners Mm. and uh, those kinds Mm. of uh, future improvements. Uh, Do you see that as um, being the responsibility of the developer to, say, put those things in place or those capacities in place? I'm sure developers are told this many times and I suppose they're trying
0: to make a profit but I would suggest that a good developer will think about the community, bearing in mind that they may be marketing it for some time and also they have a a reputation to uphold. So if in five years' time people say this is a great place to be, that will obviously improve their marketability and their their reputation for further developments. So I think subject to the economic uh, issues which a developer might have, considering how it is that people live, and to fund if as far as possible structure that allows organic movement in uh, facilities for people developing facilities which are long lasting is an important and probably
1: a good economic approach for developers Mm, i guess it comes down to the advice that developers are getting from their lawyers because ultimately uh, the lawyers are uh, most likely drafting up the bylaws and giving giving them advice about planning issues and development issues. Yes, perhaps
0: lawyers focus too much on the legal aspects and not enough on community issues and on what will work. Mm. Uh, It doesn't do the developer any good if if they have a string of uh, problematic strata title uh, schemes years after they've been developed. Uh, So I think probably lawyers have to look more broadly than purely legal issues to
1: uh, consider the property property interests in the context of a community mm. How yeah. do you see that mind shift though? Because lawyers will tend to deal with the black and white letter yes. of the law um, and until recently it's been a little bit problematic because the law has been very fragmented yeah. to get that sense of community in
0: Well uh, lawyers can, depending on the developer, the developer has to change as well but the developer could ask the lawyer to look at it in that, in that sense Uh, lawyers, if they are expert in the area, can consider this in terms of... Because basically, lawyers should be trying to uh, avoid disputes. They don't always do that, of course, but they should Mm -hmm. try and avoid disputes. That's for the benefit of developer, body corporates and the lot owners. They should look at disputes arose and consider how they can draft bylaws, uh, the structure of the uh, development in a way which will promote community, promote dispute resolution or self-resolution. And of course, there is the means, in fact, some developments have this, where they have their internal dispute resolution process, which Mm. is similar to the self-resolution, which uh, the commission looks for. So that's all uh, relevant tools which they
1: can consider. I guess we can even take a step further back and it comes back to uh, legal training of those lawyers undertaking those specialisations. Now, in your unique position in the academic realm, Mm. how do you see that changing perhaps in the future?
0: Uh, Well, the priestly requirements for law degrees don't actually require a strata title in the course. A lot of universities do it. uh, From Bond University, because we're on the Gold Coast... It's essential, in my view. So, uh, and of course, I'm considering potential... uh, Some uh, universities do actually have subjects on strata title. And of course, dispute resolution is something which Bond has focused on over many years and a number of universities. So I think the use and development of dispute resolution as an aspect of uh, dealing with disputes in strata title and other areas, and also an understanding of strata title by lawyers and developing that skill. And being trained in the area and also having experience in the area,
1: is I think a burgeoning area. Yes, the lawyers. Yes, yeah. and certainly there's been uh, a little bit of talk about uh, perhaps fostering uh, a line of education in that yes, in that sense. Absolutely. And of course, the government we're doing that now, Mark. Aren't we? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, and look, it's all part of uh, you know catching up maybe with the market. Yes,
0: yes. I, I think uh, because strata title and. Uh, these developments will become a larger percentage of the housing stock in the years to come. So it's become more and more relevant. Because of the uh, increase in population, we're going to be living closer together. So these issues will become more significant as time goes on. So I think there's no doubt greater emphasis upon the law and the principles behind strata title is, is going to become more and more important mm. as time goes on.
1: It's almost like uh, the very early days, the 60s, 70s and 80s, where there was this push to to strata title and then the, the laws came into being uh, for the very first time. Yeah. Do you think we've got this resurgence now uh, with uh, a push to push strata titling and strata title law and education to the next level now, maybe? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, that is going to happen
0: with books like Body Corporate Law in Queensland. That's an example of its uh, book, which provides very uh, good information about what are the relevant legal issues. I think as time goes on, there'll be more and more um, focus upon lawyers being aware of uh, the needs of developers and also the people that... Uh, by units in the development. So I think that will happen over time mm. as issues of planning,
1: environment, people living together in close quarters uh, becomes more and more important. Yeah. Mm. And of course, strata titling never sits on its own, does it? Uh, you've got the, the Planning Act, you've got planning yeah. legislation, you've got environmental that's right. uh, issues to deal with. Uh, you've got uh, your fire safety legislation. Right. so many pieces of law that feed into that's this right. catch-all, which is the BCCM Act. That's that? right. Yeah. It's
0: a fascinating area. It's, it's, it involves planning law, as you said, sociology as well. Uh, so it's about how people live together. And that's
1: that's something which uh, lawyers probably need to think about on occasions. Mm. You talked yeah. about education, but mm. uh, what about the people at the ground level, people like body corporate managers who clearly need to be on top of a very large body of law? Yes, uh, yes. How do you see that side of it changing?
0: Uh, yes, the level of their expertise is very, very important. It's, uh, it's a complex uh process to actually deal with people on a day-to-day basis, involving money, involving enforcement of requirements, bylaws, considering the economic aspects, insurance, uh, all the legal obligations, which and they're very, very substantial. These pieces of legislation are hundreds of pages long. Mm. Uh, it must be very difficult, and I uh, I, I think we, we need to keep up with the educational role uh, in regard to body court managers and uh,
1: for letting agents and probably developers and lawyers as well yeah Mm. and and that then again feeds into the educational institutions doesn't it to offer something uh suitable and appropriate for those various different stakeholders to deliver the proper information and 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 you know obviously they they have a duty of care uh to the body corporates they service Yes, I think education for the body group
0: managers and the lawyers, law students, is very important. I think it uh, needs to be uh, developed further. Uh, it's probably underdeveloped at this stage, and
1: I think in the future, I think uh, this will be necessary. Do you see more law students actually entering strata law and um, and that whole jurisdiction? Yeah,
0: the market will require it, I think. It's not always easy to get a job as a, as a lawyer, and uh, it's a growing area. So I imagine that uh, body corporate law will will attract a lot of students in mm. terms of this, the reality that uh, it's a, it's a burgeoning area and mm. uh, it's a good area to get in. It's a, it's can be niche sort of area. It's a bit like tax law. You sort of can't be half in or half out. I suppose yeah. you can do a little bit, but you're in a much stronger position if you actually have a, a detailed knowledge of the area and experience in the area. So mm. I can see that being... Uh, A good area for someone to to look at as a lawyer.
1: I guess there's a way of of addressing it as a pure specialisation or uh, having some kind of hybrid uh, approach and blending in property law and actually making the strata law an even more significant aspect of a property law subject and maybe having it over a whole year or Or some kind of combination like that.
0: Yeah, that's possibly because you can have because it involves planning law and environmental law. There's just the property law aspects, but also the technical uh, strata title legislation as well. That's also very important.
1: And just thinking of of my law school days, we had property law A then B, and that was spread out across a whole year. Yes, that's right. Uh, So you're really looking at significantly expanding. The whole concept of property law within within a law degree, perhaps. Yeah,
0: uh, well, the, the, the universities are moving towards more and more electives, so I think it's probably universities should have, as part of their property law, a significant uh, aspect of strata title, but then allow either postgraduate or undergraduate level a specific subject on strata title itself. Mm. The difficulty is uh, it is so complex and and technical. You'll need, you won't be able to deal with every aspect of it, but uh, I think if you focus, you can get the student's interest, and then uh, they can focus on the details if they end up in practice, or they can do master's degrees or even PhDs
1: on strata title. That's yeah. possible. And then you've got the two sides of the coin, There, you've got the planning and development, and yes. then you've got the actual practice which is to right. title law. Right. yes uh, once the once the um, the property is registered you've got uh, you know all those compliance issues yes that's right everything that's in the BCCMA essentially. yes that's
0: right, yes, that's right. and also the dispute resolution aspects litigation and uh, advising clients about uh, body corporate managers or,
1: or body corporates how to, to deal with issues that arise mm. Yeah. now Michael what what is your vision for the future of strata titling, as we currently see it,
0: well, I think clearly the, the future will have to be a focus on community. Uh, it will need to focus upon developments that think about human beings and what they need uh, in a strata title arrangement. Obviously, it has to be economic for the uh, for the developer and also for the purchaser. And I think the best ones are the ones that. Uh, Focus beyond just the physical aspects but on the human aspects, the human uh, issues. Uh, the advantage of that is people will be happier in those arrangements and that will lead to lower levels of disputes and uh, better economic outcomes and social outcomes. So they're quite important, these these developments will become more and more important. If you have a bad uh, community arrangements, then that will only or social problems hmm. and uh, bearing in mind we've got a wide variety of people perhaps more and more developments which are focused on particular parts of the community I suppose you've got that with aged care now that's becoming an issue in aged care hmm. um, and uh, have developments and bylaws and legislation which is flexible hmm. and nuanced in a way which will uh, assist in avoiding disputes
1: and uh promoting community and i guess th- as a final point uh, do you see body corporate management as as we see in new south wales having some kind of licensing regime or or some body that has much like you see with accountants and lawyers mm. and and other professionals a uh, regulatory body that may be uh, overseeing quality control and education to a bigger extent
0: yes i think that's well Real estate agents have licences. They do. Yes, so I think, and this is much more complicated than what real estate agents have to do in many occasions, so I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to have some sort of licensing or accreditation process to ensure that the people who are actually doing the job uh, understand their obligations, their professional obligations. Of course, there are obligations under legislation in terms of their conduct, but you need to have people who understand the importance of ethical practice, and the importance of focusing upon the clients, which are the lot
1: owners Mm. and the body corporate. Yeah, I guess that opens up an incredible market for educational institutions to bring about certain, and I guess they're products, aren't they, uh, for the consumer, which Mm. is the the professional uh, to take up and uh, meet their uh, licensing requirements. And Mm. that probably has some, you know, benefit spin off to the ultimate important person which is the consumer the lot owner and the occupier
0: yes yeah i agree yeah um it's a matter of uh, yeah that's something which uh, i suppose depends on the numbers it comes down of the numbers whether there are sufficient mm-hmm. numbers I, there's probably thousands of people in many thousands who are working in that area and i think uh, accreditation is uh, probably a necessary uh, process or a licensing arrangement
1: Well, Professor Michael Weir, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. You bring such a wealth of knowledge uh, and experience to the area and certainly to have the academic uh, perspective on the reforms that we're currently seeing, the issues and challenges that we see now is uh, enlightening and uh, we certainly thank you very much for your input today and uh, look forward to uh, revisiting these issues perhaps once the law reforms have taken some form and Mm -hmm. maybe having a chat to you again in the future. All right. Perfect. Thank you again. Thank you, Mark. That's
0: it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Let's Talk Strata podcast. For your fortnightly dose of strata insights, stimulating discussion with leading strata professionals, and to catch up on previous episodes, subscribe to the podcast through letstalkstrata.com.au.